Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Thank you. Let's hear it for this magnificent band. It's a song by Brendan James. There's a funny thing he did in composing that song. Um, it's not a simple song. <laughs> but as the song progresses, it becomes more simple and more simple and more simple. What a great metaphor musically to address exactly what he's saying in that song. Simplify, simplify, simplify. I want to start with, a, with, with, with this. The life we live, you know, I talked about the purpose of life. The life we live is the universal life expressing through us. Our thought and emotion is the use we make, consciously or unconsciously, of this original creative thing that is the cause of everything. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of words. Basically, what that means is the life we are living is God's life. The life we are living is God's life. We, through our thought, through our emotion, through our feeling and beliefs, we create the construct of our experience. But at the core, the life we are living is God's life. Those thoughts, those feelings, those beliefs are active at the level of awareness and below the level of awareness. I talk about that a lot. That they are the use we make, consciously or unconsciously, of this thing called life. We are living God's life and calling it our own. And so how are you choosing to live God's life today? How are you choosing to live God's life today? What choices will you make, not just in this moment, but when you move from this place into your next thing and your next thing and your next thing? What choices will you make? Will you make choices that are in alignment with what we claim to be the God essence of love, or will it be something else? because it's one power, and we utilize it in various ways. We, use it, we utilize it in as, I mean, there is no limit to the power, so we can use it however we choose to use it. And I am never here to say, and this, is, this, this bucks a trend a little bit, because you've, you, I'm sure you've all heard, God is good, right? God is good. And I believe personally that God is good, but also God is God is. How you choose to utilize this infinite creative power is the degree to which God expresses as good or as something else in your life. So let us step away from pejorative statements like God is good and recognize that God is exactly what we decide for God to be by means of us. If we are talking about simplifying, as the song says, it doesn't get simpler than that. Who I am is God. How I choose to be is God. In the song, there's a, one of my favorite lyrics in the song is this, is this lyric. There are too many castaways 
out begging to be saved. There are too many castaways out begging to be saved. And, and it brings up, the reason I love this lyric is because I always have to stop myself and go, <laughs> I have to stop for a minute and step aside and say, am I allowing myself to be a castaway, begging to be saved, floating on a sea of need? Because when I give up the need for the form, what am I left with? I find that I am beyond the form. Where did we learn? Where did we learn to need what we think we need? Where did we learn to need what we think we need? And can we let that go? Too many advertisements, advertising mesmerizing us into that buy it now or never dream. Oh. We are taught to need by means of advertising. We are taught to need by means of societal pressure. We are taught to need with respect to political ideology. We are taught to need even within spiritual and religious ideologies. We are taught to need. What if we let go of all that need and stepped into freedom and flexibility? That's what simplifying is all about for me. So today is all about stop for a minute. Stop for a minute and reflect. Stop for a minute and reflect. I want you to engage with me for a moment. <clears throat> and I want you to just bring to mind something in your life where you feel you have lost. I know it seems weird that I would ask you to bring that to mind, right? But just allow yourself to bring to mind something you feel you've lost in your life. What does that do for you? What does that feel like? You don't need to be afraid of the feeling that that brings up for you. Perhaps there is a point in your life that you can look back upon in your past where you feel like you've lost everything just everything. If you truly lost everything, what would you be left with? Stop for a minute and allow yourself to entertain what you are left with in the consideration of loss. You would be left, I believe, with one thing one thing and one thing only that can never be lost. You can never lose God. That's what you're left with because that is all that exists. All the stuff that we decide we need, while it is reflective of God and it is reflective of the way we are thinking, feeling, and believing and utilizing this power and presence of God as our life, if you strip all of that away, stop for a minute and entertain the notion that God is, because that's what it keeps coming back to. So if we are left only with God, 
in stripping all of that stuff away, in losing something or losing everything, if we strip all of that away and we are left only with God, it begs for me this question. You ready? What is God? That's the ultimate question in so many traditions. What is God? You know, we all have this idea and, and all these traditions have a particularized notion of what God is and they, 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 they wrap their entire philosophy around this notion of a thing. There, have, there are traditions within New Thought that call God the thing itself. We take away any anthropomorphized idea of God and what we are left with is one thing, consciousness a creative energy, and nothing else. This is the ultimate exploration, I think, to really entertain the notion of what is this thing called God? What is consciousness? And it's, I, for me, it's the reason that I keep showing up. I, I keep showing up, not just here on a Sunday and not just here in my life, but actually not just here on a Sunday and not just here in a spiritual tradition, but here in my life. I am here to acknowledge and explore this idea of what is God. How about you? What do you believe you are here to do? Stop for a minute and consider that. There are as many ways of defining God as there are individuals who can consider those ways. For I can guarantee you that everybody, every single person present here in this room, every single person who is engaged with us online right here and right now, while we may have similar, similar notions of God, we are each and every one of us defining God in our own unique individualized fashion. And that's a magnificent thing because it says there is room for all of it. So what do you think? What do you think? Have you truly given thought to what God is for you? Stop for a minute. There is no judgment here if you have or you haven't. There is only the call to an opportunity right now to consider it for yourself, right here in this moment. Stop for a minute. Wipe the progress from our eyes. Consider for a moment what might be taken for granted. It is easy. It's so easy. I do this myself. It is so easy for us to fall into taking for granted what we think we know. And I'll tell you, once you really embody what you think you know, I guarantee you there's going to be something up that, that comes up in your life that will contradict it and put you into that place of questioning. Do I think I know? Do I really know? I don't know. I've mentioned a couple times in various uh, places that I'm in this advan advanced consciousness studies course right now, and we've had a few classes, and the, it's, it's really like a, we're, we're really engaging the Socratic method. It is just conversation. While there is reading, there's no like, written homework, but we engage in this conversation, and almost every conversation ends with us going, well, the answer to the question that's been posed is, I don't know. It is very easy to take for granted what we think we know. It is a safety mechanism for us. It's a safety mechanism because it, it allows us to be in that place of comfort, right? It allows us to be in our comfort zone. We are secure in that comfort. So, what is God? 
the answer to the question can never really, really be verbalized. It's the great exploration. We strive for understanding that which we can never understand. We strive to understand that which can never be understood. Why can it never be understood? The infinite can never be truly understood because the moment we try to understand, we have limited the infinite, get it? The minute we conceive of some idea of what God is, we have limited it. And we will live with the constructs of that limitation as our life unfolds until we step back. Stop for a minute. And let go. It helps me, what I have found helps me, and if this is of value to you, I invite you to utilize this in your own life, that when I am rooted too much in my intellectual space of trying to understand what God is, what helps me is to step back and say, what is it in considering this that I feel right now? What do I feel right now? There is value in letting go of the intellect and allowing the intuition to flow through as feeling. But to do that, we must be willing to simplify. Because the mind, here's the thing, the mind, which is all, the mind is the use of consciousness. It is the specified use of consciousness. The mind already knows. And let's not, us, let's not get confused between the mind and the brain, even though we almost always point to our heads when we say mind, don't we? Because we align it with the brain. The brain is a physical tool. But what is the mind? I'm not going to answer that question today. <laughs> Maybe someday. The mind is bold. The mind is bold and daring. To have the brain understand what the mind already knows is the ultimate journey. Think about that. I want to encourage today that we all take time to deepen into that feeling of God. Because feeling is the key ingredient in creation. I'm gonna say that again. Feeling is the key ingredient in creation. When we do our prayer work, I'm not going to ask for, I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hand, but I am going to ask you to consider for yourself the degree to which you do prayer work in your life. The degree to which we do prayer work, the active nature of the prayer can be reflected in the feeling that it leaves or engenders within us. So stop for a minute. What do you feel? Do you feel receptive to the infinite power? If so, wonderful. If not, that's fine. What I will encourage you to do is simplify. Tap into what it is you feel. Spiritual work is twofold. Spiritual work is twofold. Now, we spend a lot of time addressing our connection. In, in Sunday talks, we spend a lot of time addressing our connection as the power, that we are the point of power. And as we speak our word, as we express our word, we are putting into place constructs of our life, that our word creates our experience. That is important. 
to be the power, to express that power. That is important. It is faith. But the true faith comes in this. The true faith comes in this. As we freely allow the creative energy to flow as us, a necessary aspect of the creative process is our own receptivity to the flow. Because that's where we sometimes can get out of, out of whack, <laughs> for lack of a more technical term. Our own receptivity is just as important as the power we put into the prayer. For prayer being a movement in consciousness for a specific purpose is only effective if we are receptive to living the prayer. Our receptivity in creation allows that flow unhindered, which brings me back to the very, very first thing I offered today, which is this. The life we live is the universal life expressing through us. Our thought and emotion is the use we make, consciously or unconsciously, of this original creative thing that is the cause of everything. The life we live is the universal life expressing through us. We can activate that expression through prayer. That's what we teach. Are you receptive to this simple consideration? That you are the thinker and the object of the that you are thinking about. When we come to understand this more, we are that much closer to self-mastery. And mastery is revealed in the expression of our ideas, which show up as our life. Ideas cannot reveal themselves just willy-nilly. They must require people. Ideas require people with minds conditioned to receive them. Negative ideas need negatively conditioned people. Who are you going to decide to be today? Negative ideas need negatively conditioned people. Positive ideas need creative thinkers, affirmative thinkers. Each of us receives this type, these types of ideas according to our preconditioned consciousness, but we can recondition our consciousness. We don't need to live within our preconditioned consciousness. Our work is to recondition our consciousness. If we have been conditioning our minds since birth in a particular path, we are not relegated to living that path forever. That is the magnificent, the magnificent gift we have of this moment. So stop for a minute. Because who you have been does not need to be who you are now unless you decide for it to be. Our work is to move from those preconceived ideas to those reconceived ideas. And in this, we are transformed. Be ye renewed by the transforming of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Here's the deal, though. It takes work. Nobody ever wants to hear that. It takes work. I have worked on this a lot. And it will continue. There are people who will know what I'm about to say. It continues to be work until you have habitualized the idea, and then it's no longer work. It just becomes your life. Are you willing to do the work is the real question. The work to me today that I'm going to offer is that we simplify our approach to life. We can engage this actively. Stop for a minute. 
In stopping for a minute, we afford ourselves the chance to recondition and renew our minds. In stopping for a minute, we afford ourselves the chance to establish a new cause from which our effects simply flow forth and not be reflexively caught in habitual thinking that may be detrimental to our desired experiences of life. One of the habits that I see a lot in people I work with is this habit. And maybe this resonates with you, maybe not. Check in as I say this. Those people whose habit is to, when addressed with some concept or action in their life, say, I can't. Let's simplify our life in this way. Remove from your vocabulary entirely the words, I can't. Instead of, I can't, ask yourself the question, what can I do? Then stop for a minute and live within that infinite possibility. That is inviting receptivity. It is allowing yourself to be open to your true nature, which is infinite possibility, not relegated by anything in the past, but who you choose to be now and moving forward evermore. Be bold in that nature, because that is what I am encouraging us all to do this month of October. The theme for October is, behold, be bold. Allow yourself to be bold. Allow yourself the luxury of remembering who you are. You are the entire ocean in a drop. Stop for a minute and consider that. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.